right. Hey, thanks for joining us back again here on another episode of About Fate. Uh, today we have, I'm going to say another great testimony because I just feel like any testimonies that God has delivered somebody or brought somebody into him that's been serving the Lord. And I don't care if it's for a day. I just feel like it's a good testimony. So <laughs> anytime God has delivered somebody, it's a great testimony in my book. But we have my sister all the way. Well, I mean, down the highway. It's kind of it's a drive down the highway uh, from Houston, Texas. Uh, I have a little twang, so I might say that a little country. But uh, <laughs> from Houston, Texas, my sister, Tierra Randall, how are you doing today? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm doing great. And I'm so glad that you decided to stop by and share uh, your testimony with us and how good God has been to you in your life. And, you know, just hopefully you have some, some, oh, I know you're going to have some encouraging words because, I mean, you're always encouraging when you preach and everything else. So I know you have something, I know you have something good to say. And I'm going to like set expectations high for the rest of this podcast just because. <laughs> 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 so if you don't mind, just kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, I've kind of already told everybody you're from Houston, but I mean, I guess what was like life like for you growing up in Houston, Texas? Yes, sir. So, of course, you know, Houston, Texas, born and raised all my life. Never lived any, any place else. Um, lived with my mother till I was um, in my 20s. But growing up as a child, um, we she joined we joined full gospel holy temple and started going to church we never went to church anytime any other place before that okay so um, i was eight years old actually oh for real um, yeah eight years old and i can remember the day my mom got saved and i was thinking about this the other day the day the night she got saved i can remember um being so embarrassed oh wow we were sitting there in the service i saw her i was sitting at the back and she was down at the front and i saw the preacher lay hands on her and all of a sudden, she just started jumping up and down. And I was like, what is she doing? And I literally remember um, from that day forward, I was I was sitting in the service, and I was like, oh, I hate this church. I hate this church. I hate this church. <laughs> and every time we would go for the next few months, I hated it. And I would tell my brother, oh, I don't want to go to that church. Don't go back to that church. I would tell my brothers, you know, y'all see how she embarrassed us? She was jumping around. And, you know, <laughs> even at eight years old, the devil literally put hatred in my heart. Wow. For the church, you know, yeah. I just pulled out from the temple. I think that would have been the case anywhere that she would have been jumping up and down. I, just, I felt personally embarrassed. I was like, why would she do that to me? Yeah. <laughs> like that. Why are you, you know? And I hated it. And I, I felt like it was just, you know, a plot of the enemy to try to, try to you know, kind of destroy um, my perception of God at an early age. Yeah. Um, that's my take on it. But, you know, as my mom, you know, she, thank God she held on God is a keeper. She stayed strong. She kept going to church. She kept bringing us to church. No matter how much she knew, me and my brothers did not want to go. So, and I'm grateful for it uh -huh. because, you know, a little later down the line, at 15 years old, you know, I found myself at the altar. Oh, wow. Lifting my hands, getting saved, jumping up and down, speaking in tongues, crying. And I came to know God for myself. Yeah. Um, And basically, you know, when God saved me at 15 years old, he's been a keeper. You know, that's, yeah. that's my testimony. I would tell that testimony everywhere I go. I don't care what it is. There is no excuse because God is a keeper. Yeah, he sure is. He sure is. That's great. I mean, I know you that's said she came at eight. To, in my life. So, you got to 15. Yeah. <laughs> what, what? So in between that time, like what was all going on? I mean, was that just that? I know you said initially you were just thinking like, why would she embarrass us like that? But between eight and 15, like, what was it that was going on as you were going to church and, 
uh, I mean. So I actually I got to the point where, of course, you go to you go to church, and um, here in Houston, our service nights are Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Friday night. We would have a choir rehearsal on Thursday. We would have uh, witnessing. We go out witness on Wednesdays. We had street service on Mondays. So. You know, in my mom's house, you didn't have a choice. You weren't staying at home. If she went, you went. We didn't have the luxury of my mama going to church, I'm going to stay at home and watch TV, or I'm going to stay at home and pretend like I got homework to do. No, when she left and went to church, we went to church every single time. Every time she went to choir rehearsal, we went. Every time she went to street service and witnessing, we were there with her. And hearing the word of God as much as we heard it, of course, you know, even at a young age, I knew early on right from wrong. I knew God required holiness. I knew what sin was. Um, I knew the difference between sin and holiness, you know. So, but at the same time, I, I literally tried to convince myself. I was like, I'm young. God loves me. He wouldn't send me to hell. I can do, you know, I, I'm a kid. I'm a young person. Mm-hmm. You know, God loves love children. He loves young people. He's not going to send me to hell, you know, this young and I can remember so clear thinking to myself, when I get 18, that's when I'm going to get saved. That was, that was my motto in my head. <laughs> I was like, as soon as I turn 18, that's when I'm going to get saved. That's when I'm going to live right. But at the same time, I literally can remember I found myself there was, I think I was around maybe 13 or 14. And I can remember like a strong feeling of fear or torment. I, I, I would describe it as torment came over me. And it was like I just could not shake this torment that I felt. And I knew, I knew what it was. I literally, I would um, wake up every day and the thought would come to my head. If you die today, you're going to go to hell. You know, if you die today and you're not saved, you don't have Christ in your life, in hell, you're going to spend eternity. And I would hear that every morning when I got up. Yet and still, I would try to ignore it. I would try to put it in the back of my head. I even told myself that's nobody but the devil telling me that. Knowing good and well, the devil's not going to tell you that because he wants you to think, you know, yeah. right, regardless of what you do, how you live. Right. Um, and there were nights, so many nights as a teenager before I got saved that where I would cry myself to sleep. I would lay there in my room and I would cry because I was like, I'm going to hell. I'm going to hell. I'm not saved. I'm in church. I would pretend like I was, you know, saved in church and in my mama's house. You know, whether you were saved or not, you were going to act like you weren't. You were not going to sing in her house. You weren't doing nothing unholy, no unholy music. You couldn't have no boyfriend, no girlfriend. You better not watch nothing on TV that didn't sound like righteousness in her house. No, don't put nothing, no curse words. She better not hear it. So, of course, in the house, me and my brothers, you know, we were, we were saved. Yeah. Know? Yeah. When we went to church, we were saved. You know, in good well, we didn't have no Holy Ghost power. We just went through the form, you know, right. because we knew how we knew how church went. But I got to the point where I literally I felt like it was it was torment on one hand because I was so fearful every single day. Like if I die, I'm going to hell. But then on the other hand, I could feel the pull of God <clears throat> pulling me, saying, you know, you don't have to go to hell. There's a way of escape. You know, give me your life. Let me save you. Let me rescue you from that torment that you feel. You know, but at the same time, you know, anybody, I'm sure anybody that is saved now can attest to the fact that there is a pull from the world on young people. If you just be honest, there's a strong pull. 
But at the same time, I feel like the pull of God is even stronger. Yeah. And I yeah. thank God because the pull of God, you know, it was stronger than the pull of Satan. Yeah. And that's when I made, you know, finally made the decision at 15 years old, December the 31st, at a watch night service, I finally made that decision. You know, I was like, I'm tired. I'm tired of crying. I'm tired of faking. Yeah. You know, I don't want to be in church just lifting my hands because everybody else is doing it. And I, I got to the point where I was like, I, I sincerely, I wanted to please God. I wanted to live for God. I wanted to do life the right way. I didn't want to be a hypocrite. Yeah. So I, I decided, you know, between that that time, I was like, you know, I can't, I can't be a hypocrite. I can't live one way in church, one mm-hmm. way in my mom's house, and then another way when I'm around my friends. Yeah. I tried to curse around my friends. It didn't even work. <laughs> I had a friend tell me, what are you doing? You don't sound like cursing. And I was like, oh. I, was like I don't. <laughs> it just, it, it, it got to the point where it was embarrassing, even for me as a teenager. So I was like, you know what? Let me just, I was like, girl, stop. So, Yeah. I love how you said, like, you know, there is a pool and the devil, of course, is trying to keep young people. I mean, there's so much, so many things that that's especially in this day and time to try to tug at them. Um, You have, I mean, of course, peer pressure. I mean, then even this day and time, I mean, me, um, I haven't been out of school for 20 years yet, high school for 20 years yet. And I mean, there's things have seemed to change so much since I've been out of high school. I mean, with looking at social media and everything that they have that they are on and that they can see how everybody else is. And nobody wants to ever feel like an outcast. Uh, but the good thing about it is then when you get on the God side, you can see that, you know, it is the better side. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it's, right. it's, it's, it's a better life to live. It's a peaceful life. It's a life filled with joy no i mean you still have your ups and downs because that's just that's life you know what i mean you're gonna have you're gonna have trouble that's what the bible tells us right you know what i mean you're gonna have that regardless but i'd rather have that and have christ than have a a a, a life full of trouble that that that's promised you know man born of a woman is <laughs> life is full of trouble i'd rather have christ and and be able to do it with Christ instead of having to go through it by myself. Um, I love that. I love you. So you have that spiritual birthday that's getting ready to come come up very soon. So I know you're excited, ready to give God a praise on, <laughs> on that watch night service. <laughs> uh, Ooh, that's, that's my spiritual. Yes, I give him praise real hard, extra hard on that night. Got to yeah. give a little uh, extra. I mean, not. I mean, y'all have y'all are known to be some praising people. But you have to give him. Uh, I mean, if you've given him 110, you have to give him 120. You'll find you'll yeah. find a extra yeah. reason or extra, <laughs> extra, ex, some extra energy to praise him that night. I told you, son. I always, I always ask people this. So, when, once you got the Holy Ghost, uh, how how did you feel? You know, immediately because we hear people talk about it so much. So. Um, and there's still a lot of people you'd be surprised that don't know what the Holy Ghost is. They've never experienced the Holy Ghost. So how, how how was it for you? I mean, I know how it was for me when I when I got the Holy Ghost, but I would like to hear your experience once you were filled with the Holy Ghost. So once I was first um, finally filled with the Holy Ghost um, on that watch night service, um, I can remember going down to the altar. I was already crying and I already knew what I wanted mm-hmm. when I got to um, and I can remember um, Bishop, well, Pastor Lee at the time, laying hands on me. You know, I'd ask God to forgive me, save me, fill me with the Holy Ghost, you know. 
once he laid hands on me, I felt a warmth, a warmth come over me. Yeah. It wasn't bad warmth. Yeah. Um, it was it was a good one. Yeah. And, and you know, I was crying, telling God, I'm sorry, save me. And I began to speak in tongues and I felt myself, I started to jump. That's why I was like, you know, when doing the same thing my mama my mama did when she first got saved. <laughs> I felt myself starting to jump. I had an all black that night. Um and once the God came with the Holy Ghost and I went over, you know, to the side of the altar or whatever, I was still crying and I was still kind of, I was, I was doing a little bounce. I remember that. I was doing a little bounce and I was crying. I, I couldn't stop crying. And, but at the same time, in my heart, it felt like a, a heavy, the heaviest weight in the world had been lifted off of me. Mm. And that torment that I felt all those years, you know, from the age of about eight, nine, ten, to up to the fifth, age of fifteen years old. Yeah, it's literally like that. Like God just reached down and took that weight, literally, and just picked it up off of me. Wow, amazing! I felt light. I felt like I was happy. I felt like I was a happy fifteen-year-old. <laughs> finally, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I'm not scared when I leave my yeah. house. I would get on the school bus scared. Mm. I literally felt that fear just go away from me. I was happy that night, but you know, at the same time, the devil, he's, he don't like it, of course. Yeah. He don't want to say, you don't want you to have the Holy Ghost. You know, he'll come in that instant and try to fight you and tell you, you didn't really just get what you know you just got. Right. And, you know, of course, the devil came to try to do that. And that night, I can't remember, after we had some knockout, drag down, Holy Ghost, good time <laughs> surgery that night, as Houston always does, so... <laughs> And I can't remember that night. Um, I had myself a quote-unquote little boyfriend that went to church too. <laughs> and before the service started, I had already made up in my mind I was going to give my life to Christ that night. Mm -hmm. I called him before the service started, and I broke up with him. <laughs> I didn't even say, I was like, I'm going to get saved tonight. I was like, I can't. We can't be boyfriend and girlfriend no more. I'm going to get saved. And after service that night, I in my head, I thought, oh, all my friends are going to be so happy. You know, they saw me go down there and get saved. They're going to be happy. This is a good thing. I'm finally living holy. You know, maybe they're going to do the same thing too real soon. And that night, I got by a group of friends that were not saved, of course. I got talked about so bad. Oh, wow. Um, They called me all kind of names, told me I was stupid for going to the altar. Oh, wow. They said, you know, you dumb. Why would you go get saved? you just 15 years old. I mean, I heard it from, from A to Z. Mm. And I went home that night, and the devil tried to make me regret giving my life to the Lord that night. I cried my eyes out, you know, and I was like, I did a good thing. Why, you know, why would they talk about me? Why would they tell me I'm stupid for getting saved and giving my life to Christ when, we, when they know this is the right thing to do? They know this is what they, they should be doing. So, you know, the devil fought me that night and tried to make me regret Giving my life to the Lord told me, you know, you should just not be saved no more. Go do something that will cause you to lose your Holy Ghost. Mm. But I refused. I'm like, God gave it to me. Yeah. You know, this is what I asked him for. He lifted that weight, that torment off of me. Why? I would be crazy. Even at 15 years old, I would be crazy to go back and get that same heavy weight dropped back on me. Right. So that was the greatest night of my life. I know a lot of people have a lot of great things that have happened in their life. Right. And I have too, but that night I got saved and I remember that 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 weight of sin mm -hmm. being lifted. Yeah. Best night, best night of my life. That's great. I love I love it. Um you said something that um I just wanted to like go back to because after you get saved, especially as a teenager, it can be hard 
to live right. safe. So what was that time like even going to maybe school? I don't know. I've heard different people talk about how they were popular. Then they found themselves sitting by themselves. Um, right. And it seemed like for you, like you said, like it started even at church, <laughs> like immediately some yeah. of your friends. So how was it when you had to now? Because, I mean, you're saved. And usually around that time, that's the winter break for most kids in high school or, you right. know. Uh, and now you go back to school and you're different <laughs> in a good way. Right. We went back to school. So before that, I had been sneaking, wearing pants mm-hmm. and shorts to school because, you know, Mama's house, holiness all the way. <laughs> they had me wearing my skirts and dresses and I didn't want to. So I had been sneaking, you know, had my, I had friends bringing their pants. Oh, wow. School, and I would literally get to school and I would change. I would put my pants on. They would bring makeup and I would try to put makeup on. Yeah. The whole nine yards. So I was like, okay, I can't do that no more. I'm saved now. Yeah. I would go to school. Like the first, maybe like the first two or three weeks, nobody really, none of my friends really said anything about me wearing a skirt or a dress every day and not asking them to bring me pants or anything. So I was like, okay, I'm good. You know, nobody noticed. I'm blending in still. <laughs> I'm good. I ain't got to worry about nobody asking me nothing. You know, I'm good. After about, I want to say about a month, month and a half or so, people started noticing. Mm. And they were like, why you wear, why, why you wear skirts every day? Why, you know? And I was like, you know, they don't want you to be ashamed. Right. Of why you live the way you live. So my first response was, I got embarrassed. I can admit it now, I did get embarrassed. And I was like, my mama making me wear them. That's all she wear to church is skirts and dresses. So she making me wear them, you know. But then I got so convicted at that answer. And it was like, you know why you wear them. It's not because your mom is making you. It's because you know what the Bible declares in the book of Deuteronomy. You know, and you should tell them that. Mm-hmm. So I end up, I did tell them at one point, um, and I can't remember, honestly, losing friends. I was the one that I sat by myself every day at lunch. Um, I, but I still wore my skirts and dresses. Um, I maybe had throughout high school maybe two close friends. Um, I ended up having a friend that actually went to our church, and she started going to my high school. So God gave me a sanctified friend that I went to church with and that was also at the same high school as me. And I was so grateful for that. Yeah. Then I, had, I remember having one other friend that wasn't saved, but she respected the holy lifestyle that I lived. Yeah. Um, but I got ridiculed. I got people that called me, you know, oh, she thinks she's better than us just because she go to church or just because she wear dresses and, you know, she don't wear pants. I had a girl, I would walk into a classroom and I heard a group of girls one time literally talking about me. I wasn't even in the room. I walked in and I heard them. And I heard one of them say, Please, she better put her pair of pants on and go sit down. And I was like, oh, you know, and the devil, he tried to fight you with that. And he did fight me with it. And I was like, man, I was like, I didn't want to go to school anymore. I was like, they're going to talk about me if they see me in a skirt again. But, you know, I thank God because even in, you know, my teenage years, God gave me the strength. Mm-hmm. And he gave me the confidence in him. And not only, not only in him, but he gave me the confidence in myself that I needed. Yeah. You know, to let me know, hey, he beautifies the meek with salvation. I don't have to have on pants. I don't have to have on makeup. Yeah. I don't have to look like all the other girls in school. Right. You know, for me to feel confident about who I am. Right. 
you know, he let me know you don't have to be ashamed. Yeah. And I found out people gonna talk about you whether you got on a skirt or a pair of pants. Right. Whether you holy or whether you the biggest devil there is in the schoolhouse. Yep. They're gonna talk with I always gonna find so, some. <laughs> yeah, I got to the point where I was like, you know, I would just ignore it. At first it did hurt. I cried, you know, a couple times behind it because I was like, you know, I'm still I'm still Tierra, you know, I'm right. still nice. I'm still a friendly person, you know. I just don't do what you guys do anymore. Um, I would get asked, why are you not going to the homecoming dance? Or you don't have a date for the dance? Why are you not letting nobody take you to the dance? And I would have to tell them I'm a Christian. Well, I'm a Christian and I go to the dance and I would have to explain to them, you know, your Christian and my Christian is two different Christians. So somebody somebody, somebody ain't a Christian. Yeah, <laughs> and I know it ain't me. So, yeah, it was time for it was, it was really hard. You know, I had I had guys, you know, boys that would you know, try to ask me out, and then I, I, you know, of course, I would turn them down, and I hear other girls would be like, "Well, you are you gay or something?" Mm. You know, he cute. You don't like him? Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't like him. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, I just had to be strong, and I thank God because, like I said, He's a keeper. Yeah. Even in your young age, even in school, um, God will keep you. High school, college, if you want to be kept. He'll keep you. I don't care who's coming at you. Right. Who's pulling you to do this, do this, do this. Who's asking you a million questions, trying to make you feel, you know, embarrassed or ashamed. God is a keeper. If you want to be kept, he'll, he'll keep you because he kept me. What, what, what? During that time, I, I get, I get really interested when people talk about, mm -hmm. you know, being saved yeah. as kids and teenagers because that is sometimes when you're still trying to figure out who you are, right? And so mm -hmm. it's a lot of stuff like we, we've already like talked about like a lot of stuff that pulls on you um what what gave you that like what were there anything particular that you were doing that gave you that 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 mind to be like strong uh i know you say he's a keeper we know that but like were there anything particular that you were doing you was like okay i need to pray more i need to learn some scriptures that i can stand on yeah. like were there anything like that you were doing that helped you be strong because i mean there's probably some young people that are come across this podcast and they may feel the same way. They mm -hmm. may begin talked about in school. I mean, we and again, we live in a whole different time now. And, you know, right. maybe you could give them some advice on how to be strong and, and learn to build their confidence, get their confidence in God. So the main thing, of course, there are multiple things, but the main thing for me was to stay in the house of God. Mm -hmm. Whenever your church is open, that's where you get strength from. Yeah. You literally get strength in the house of God. Um, like I said, we went to church four times a week, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, and Friday night. I found myself in every single service. I didn't make up, you know, excuses to where I could not be in church or if something came up that would, you know, prohibit me from being in the house of God. I tried to do everything I could to move it around. Right. It was something, you know, school related, unless it was something I just could not miss. But right. if, it was some, if it was something that was within my power you know, to move around so I could not miss being in church and hearing the word of God, getting the strength that I needed. I did everything that I could to do that. Yeah. I literally found strength in the house of God. There were times where I knew I was battling. I knew I was struggling. I would go down the prayer line whenever the pastor would make the altar call. I would go get prayer. Yeah. I would go and come to pray for me that God would strengthen me, that he would strengthen my mind, that right. he would strengthen my walk with him, that he would strengthen my determination to hold on and not to give in to the peer pressure. Yeah. Um. There's power in agreement. I right. would literally go 
onto the prayer line sometimes and say, can you just agree with me? You know, that God would keep me. I would ask for strength for the upcoming week. Right. You know, for the upcoming day, God, give me strength just for this day. I worry about tomorrow. You know, you, you'll cover me tomorrow. I need strength just to make it through this day. And when I wake up tomorrow morning, you'll do it all over again for me. But the same when I, when Those I my dogs church, letting you know that they enjoying what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> at the same time, when I wasn't in church and I was at home, I would read my Bible. I would listen to gospel music. Um, back then on YouTube, church wasn't as popular as it is now. Um, mm -hmm. Like the live streams and things like that. So I didn't really have that. Um, but I would read my Bible. Of course, I would pray. My mom, she would make us, you better pray. <laughs> you know, sometimes she would make us go and get our Bibles, just sit and read it. Those were things that I, I would highlight scriptures that would pertain to what I was going through right then and there. So those were things that I would do to kind of train myself to keep my mind on the Lord. Yeah. You know, though I, I would find scriptures that build me. When, you know, devil would tell me, you can't live holy. You know, you can't not do what everybody else is doing. I will remind him, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So yeah. basically, you find, as a young person, once you find that thing that works for you and you know, um, whether it be when you, you know, finish praying, when you finish reading your Bible, when you leave church and you feel like you're on the mountaintop, keep doing that thing that strengthens you. Yeah. Keep doing that thing that gives you that confidence. You know, there's certain things we do, you know, we feel like, ooh. I'm Wonder Woman now. I'm good. I can fight. Yeah. <laughs> you find that thing, keep doing it. If it worked before, it'll work again. You know, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forevermore. If it worked then, it'll work now. So, yeah. I, I love it. I'm sure that'll bless somebody. I love, like, how you said, like, you found scriptures that help you. Then you found somebody, you also found somebody to agree with you. It's your pastor. You know what I mean? You got to develop a prayer life. I've heard that so much, which I found to be true. Sometimes you feel alone in the beginning, but, and what's crazy is, it's like me, I, I also had saved parents and, but it's like, God has to show you, you have to show God, like, hey, I want this for myself and not just right. because this is for my parents. But, and sometimes you feel like you're in that alone place, even with them around, but it, 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 it drove me to my knees. It drove me to I knew they were praying for me. I knew they wanted me to stay saved, but it drove right. me to read my Bible myself. And like you said, even so, I was already an adult, but you in high school mm -hmm. went through the same thing and, yeah. you know, praying and studying your word and finding somebody to agree with, agree with you, help build you up and give you that boldness when you needed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to put something in you when you by yourself. That way, when you're in front of people exactly. and you need it, yeah. you know, you have something to pull on. Uh, you can't wait till you get in the game to try to try stuff out. <laughs> you have to practice. You have to you, you have to put in the work when the game ain't going. That's when you then when the game shows up, you'll know what you actually already got in you. I was wondering, uh, uh, even after we get saved, we know that you know sometimes. Uh, well, not sometimes, all the time. I mean, life doesn't stop, and we already talked about that as well. How you're still going to have trials. I mean, you've already talked about a bunch of things going on. I mean, even as a teenager. So, I mean, there are any other uh, trials or things like that that you know God has maybe kept kept you through or brought you through that you wouldn't mind sharing with the the listeners and help help them build their faith. I mean, I know it didn't just stop at the devil didn't just stop. You know, when you were. Once you graduated high school, it was just like, oh, that's it. Like, you know what I mean? I know he's still been fighting. <laughs> <up> the pace, <laughs> he's still been fighting. So I know you yeah. have some 
something else, you know, maybe you could share with us to help build our faith a little bit more, even, you know, as adults, something we may be dealing with and going through. Right. So I found um, into my adult years, um, and I thought about this earlier as well, into my adult years, um, you know how even after you get saved sometimes, you know, you don't always do things the way God tells you to do them or when he tells you to do them. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, you don't always uh, treat people the right way. You don't always say the right way. There are different situations in life that you don't always follow, you know, the strategic plan of God as he lays it out for you or the the instructions of God. So, you know, I found myself making, you know, a few mistakes here and there. I'm not talking about sin, of course, Um, but just, you know, different types of, you know, small mistakes and things like that. You know, and even with that, the devil, he tried to place a strong spirit of condemnation on me. Um, I got to the point where, you know, in my adult years, but I would be in church and I would feel, I would feel so condemned. And I would literally feel like I don't deserve to be saved. Um, I don't deserve to be in church. I don't deserve to do anything in church, anything in the house of God. I don't deserve to be up in front of people. You know, I've always been like one who conducts service at my church. And of course, you know, I preach, I minister, but I've always, you know, there was a point where the devil, he he made me so strongly feel so inadequate. Of course, we know, we know none of us are worthy, but I feel a strong sense of inadequacy. Um, I felt condemned. And it got to the point where I would, I would literally hold my head down in service. I would, I felt oh, wow. this condemnation so strong to where um, it literally came and it tried to take my praise. It tried to take my worship. I felt like I wasn't worthy to lift my hand. Mm. I felt like I wasn't worthy to shout or go forth in the dance when I felt the spirit, you know, the Holy yeah. Ghost come over me. Um, and I can remember... So clearly, um, Bishop Lee, he preached, um, he preached one Sunday morning and he came from the scripture, Romans 8, 1, which is one of my favorite scriptures. Mm -hmm. There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Right. I want to tell you, you know, you hear scriptures all the time, but when you're going through something. It it just brings a whole new light to the scripture. That's right. That scripture been in the Bible all this time. I know. So the, I'm, I'm, I'm in Christ. Right. You know? Right. Why should I feel condemned? We know God is a forgiving God. Right. Just, you know, of sins. He forgive of, and he, he's a forgiver of it all. Right. So I'm like, the devil, he would try to tell me, you know, God don't love you. You know, you disobeyed him. You didn't do that quite the way he wanted you to do it last week. He don't love you no more. You know, you shouldn't be up in front of nobody. Mm-mm. You know, you didn't pray as long as you should have, mm. or you skipped a fast day. You know, we've all been guilty of it at one point. But it seemed like the devil just tried to magnify it when it came to me. And I would literally, I'm like, and I, I, I remember, I can be transparent now. I remember going to my pastor one, um, one Friday night, and, you know, the spirit of condemnation was on me. And I told him, I said, I can't do anything in the house of God anymore. I was like, I can't conduct anymore. I don't want to preach anymore. Mm. I said, I don't want to be called to testify anymore. He was like, what? He said, why? And I told him, I said, because I don't deserve to. Mm. I said, I feel like um, I'm inadequate. I'm unworthy. I'm like, and I told him, I said, there are so many people in this church better than me that can do it. And he looked at me and his, I remember so clear, his exact words were two words, no man. 
said, no ma'am. He said, you're not going to sit down. You're not going to. And I thank God for a spiritual leader who won't let you sit down. Right. Who won't let you be, you know, lackadaisical. You know, Bishop always says that he hates lazy necks. Yeah. So I thank God for a leader who can see, you know, the attack of the enemy on you. Right. And immediately, you know, pull you out of that and not let you stay. You know, he'll expose the devil for you. Sometimes when we can't see it, I thank God for a spiritual leader who will expose the attack of the enemy. Right. And, you know, the Bible says we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. We know where his seat is. Right. So I thank God for that. And literally, even after that, him saying all of that, I was like, yeah, I'm still not going to worry whatever, I'm, you know. Yeah. I ain't going to stand up and testify. I don't want to, you know. <laughs> and I even, I, I tried that. And literally, when I say God did me like he did Jeremiah. <laughs> I was already thinking that. I was like, <laughs> I was wondering what, where, if this was a, where it was leading to. <laughs> burning fire, shut up my bones. I was weary and forbearing and I could not stay. It's like, I couldn't do it. I'm like, I thought, oh my God, has been, you've done so much for me. You've been so good to me. Yeah. I even remember, um, it came back to my mind, uh, Bishop Marvin Winans. He sings a song, and, you know, one of the verses in the song, he says, God, I know I'm not worthy, yeah. but your presence makes me worthy. Yeah. And I remember that, and I'm like, just the fact that when I come to the house of God, and when I lift my hands, I can feel his presence over, you know, sharing. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm not worthy, but your presence says I'm worthy. Yes. You know, I'm like, I, 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 can, I can work for the Lord. Yeah. Of course, you know, we've all made mistakes. You know, God put them in the seat of forgiveness not to bring them up again. Right. So if he's not bringing them up again, why am I allowing the devil to bring them up again and make me feel condemned, make me feel inadequate, all while sitting in the house of God, all this faith around me, all this power around me, all this word going forward. Why would I allow the devil... To put that on me and defeat me sitting in the house of God right. when I know it's all just an attempt to get me um, to pull me away from God. Because if I stop doing what he's called me to do, it's only going to lead to me eventually being 100% out of his will, 100% out of the church. So I thank God because he had to pull me through that, you know, and this, you know, the spirit of condemnation is a real thing. Because if you're not careful, that will literally, that can shame a person out of God. Yeah. That can shame a person out of the church. Because he'll he'll try to make you, you know, so embarrassed. Right, he will. To where you feel like, what am I doing here? Right. You know, who am I to try to encourage somebody? Right. Who am I to try to get my testimony? Who am I to try to get up and preach? Right. You know, to somebody. You know, I'm not, you know, you know, the devil, you ain't perfect. You ain't this, this, this. Who are you to try? You need to sit down somewhere. Don't do nothing. Don't say nothing. Just be quiet. But no, the devil is alive. He didn't call us to be quiet. You know, the Bible said, make known his deeds among the people. Yeah. Overcame by the blood of the lamb and by the words of their testimony. That's the preacher coming out of you now. That's the preacher coming out. Now you're ready to preach, ain't you? (laughs) (laughs) I can't help it. I thank God he, I, I remember that clearly. That was a struggle for me for a long time. You know, you know, of course, once you get the victory, the devil, he'll leave for a season and he'll come back again to see whether you, you know, you still have that same victory mm-hmm. that you proclaimed six months ago, a year ago. He'll come back. And I thank God every time he came back, 
the Lord will bring that same scripture back to my head. There is therefore now no condemnation. Yeah. If I'm not condemning you, don't let nobody else condemn you. Right. Yes. I love it. <laughs> you are. You gave everything. I was going to ask you, were there any songs or anything that you were listening to during those times? <laughs> but you was like, he gave you. You didn't gave us a song and everything. <laughs> but, and I know, like, you was already kind of. Yeah, I, I I heard. I know you wanted to be like, get your Bibles and turn with me. <laughs> you felt. I know you felt like preaching. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i mean that that's that's great that to know like no matter what we're going through no matter where we are in our life that we do have a a, a god and then not only that like a god that cares about us and wants us to 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 keep going forward and don't want us to feel sorry for ourselves he's brought us out yeah. you know what i mean he's he's delivered us he's he's changed us and like you said sometimes you can sit there and you'll start thinking like i'm not worthy who am i to be doing these things, you know what I mean? But it's the grace of God and God has brought you that far. And like you said, it's always good to have that uh that that leader in your life that knows how to like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not gonna let you sit down because sitting down ain't no telling where that would have led. You know what I mean? And you know what I mean for them to say, No, you know, you don't have that we're gonna take that option off the table for you. I mean that's 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 a great leader that's gonna push that's still pushing you forward, which is what you need in in those in those times i uh you know since you've been in church for a while what is something you do at church that's just bringing you bring brought you the most i mean we know you're a preacher but is there anything else like that you do that you just love to do as far as like working in church and you know what are those experience what are those experiences have been like so we have um a young ladies uh group at church they're mm-hmm. called girls or first Mm-hmm. And I'm one of the mentors. So we've had that going, I want to say, for almost about four years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. I love those young ladies. Oh my God. I love them as if they were my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, I call them I, I call them my babies. They're I think the young the youngest one is 16, I believe. So I think she just turned 17. When we started the group, she was all of them, actually, they're around 13, 14 years old when we first started. Oh, wow. The girls are first. So what we do is we meet every month, and we all, we just get together with the girls, um, me and another evangelist at our church. We get together with the girls, um, and we just talk about basically everything that has to do with life, mm-hmm. everything that will pertain to a young a young lady that's saved, um, that's, you know, living for God in the house of God, just different challenging, challenging things that come up in their lives different things that they face, different struggles, you know? Yeah. And basically I, I feel like I can pour into them and I can, you know, be that example to them and just, because I've been where they are. Right. Raised in church, saved as a teenager, saved in school, having all these different peer pressures come my way. So it's, it's, I love being able to sit and talk with them about different, you know, things that arise in their life, different things that arise, you know, maybe in their home, in the schoolhouse, yeah. between them and their siblings, between, you know, siblings, just, you know, any type of thing that come up. Because I'm like, you know, God, I had to go through all those things that I went through. Right. Not knowing right now, today, years later, I'd be sitting in front of another group of young ladies who are dealing with the exact same thing. Right. You know, the peer pressure in school, the temptation to want to, you know, be like, what they see in the world. Right. You know, that temptation to want to just fit in and not, you know, 
stand out and look different and all this right. stuff. So I, I love it. I love hearing from them. I love giving my testimony to them and hearing how it helped them. Or I love when one of them come back and be like, oh, I thought about what you said in our last meeting. You know, and then this happened. I thought about when you guys told us this. So I love it. And when they get older or too old to be in the, in the group, I'm looking forward to the next set that's going to come. Yeah. So we can pour into them and do the same thing with them. So I get joy out of that. That's probably one of the biggest things that I get joy out of, you know, when it comes to ministry in the house of God. I consider that a ministry all by itself. Yeah. Because they need that. A lot of young people, they don't have that. That's true. And unfortunately, a lot of young people that's in church. Don't have it. They're saved. They don't have that. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that I'm a part of something that can help, you know, the next generation that's coming. Yeah, that's wonderful. I mean, you know, and that, that probably means so much to them to have somebody yeah. there that they can talk to. I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes you just don't feel like talking to your parents, even though you're in church. and You need that other good mentor that you can talk to. Yeah. Sometimes, um, they're, sometimes they're even afraid to go to their leaders, you know. Yeah. They're afraid, you know, not, not a bad afraid. But yeah, yeah. Healthy. You yeah. know, healthy fear. So they look to somebody who's not as old, somebody that's a bit younger. Right. You know, who they feel like they can kind of relate to a little bit better, who can just sit down and talk to them one-on-one. So I yeah. love it. And then so, sometimes it's good, too, because, like, when you're at that age, you're like, oh, that's just my parent. Of course they're going to say that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, right. when you have that other mentor that can t- teach you and, and they can hear it, and I'm sure the parents love it, okay? You can hear you get to hear, you know, something else that it's not just me. It's somebody else trying right. to give you some some good wisdom and something else, too. So uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I do. Man, this has been great. But I know we're coming <laughs> down to, like, the end here. And I just wanted to see, like, is there anything you wanted to just leave with our listeners? Any thoughts? Anything that's been on your mind? I mean, whatever, before we get out of here. Yeah. So I was I actually thought about that. I was... um. I was like, Lord, you know, what would you have me to, you know, leave with people? And literally what he what he placed in my spirit was, you know, there's so many distractions going on right now in the world. Anything basically could be a distraction. So mm-hmm. if I had to leave one thing, I would say basically keep your eyes on God. Mm-hmm. You know, the devil, he wants to shift our focus off of our off of the main goal you know? right. he wants to shift our focus off of god he wants us to literally you know start looking at the world and be mesmerized by what's going on in the world he wants us to look at the worldly artists um the music actors you know even the secular church just so much that's going on and it's it's all an attempt to pull you away from god yeah it's all an attempt to pull you away from your relationship with God, to pull you out of the real church. So I would say, you know, keep your eyes on God. Don't focus on the world or what they're doing. You know, focus on your relationship with God. Right. The Bible says work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Right. You know, you focus on him. You do what God calls you to do. You focus on soul winning, you know, being all that you can be for God, being obedient to his word, living holy. You know, pleasing God on a daily basis. God going to take care of the rest. You know, we know it's a lot that's going on in the world. We got COVID going on, all these different, you know, variants and just so much going on, you know, in the uh, the political system, with the government, 
you know, people dying every single day. And, you know, it, it's enough to kind of shake your faith. Yeah, it it's is. enough to strike fear in you. But I've learned what works for me, and I can only tell people what works for me. You right. know, I got to keep my eyes on God. You right. know, I got to press toward the mark for the prize of a high calling, you know, in Christ Jesus. So, and I can't do that if I'm, if I'm focusing on the world and what they're doing. You know, sometimes it seems like the world is having fun. They're prospering. They ain't got to care in the world. You know, but the Bible says, spread not thyself because of evildoers. Right. Just keep your eyes on God. Focus on him. Live holy. Do what he called you to do. And, you know, before we know what this thing going to be over with, and we're going to be raptured up out of here. But right. You got to keep your focus on God. Right. Keep your, I love it. Everything you said has been wonderful. And I know, see, I set expectations high and people, you, 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 you exceeded the bar. So I know they, they got some, some wisdom and, and some encouragement and everything they need. So, you know, from the young people to us old people, <laughs> they got, they got everything they need, but I do want to thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, again, this was, I enjoyed it. So I know the listeners have enjoyed it or enjoying it as well so again hopefully we can have you back maybe talk some yep, more in the future maybe you can give some you know you can do a podcast where you can help some more young women like you do you know in your church maybe we can have you some discussion and things like that that'll help some of them um but again thank you for your time and we're going to go ahead and we're going to roll the outro this has been another episode of the about faith podcast with me your host tj hartman I want to thank you for tuning in. Man, this show wouldn't be what it is if it wasn't for you. So why don't you go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And on all your social media platforms, share it with your friends. And until next time, be blessed.